Hi, my name is Pat Live and welcome to Love the Music. Today's date is Tuesday, September 14, 2021. I'm celebrating today. This is my 30th podcast. If you had told me last year when I began this project I would be podcasting, my response probably would have been gales of laughter and a smart-ass response or two. So this particular podcast is all about me, sort of, but I promise not to keep you too long. This journey started in June of 2020, simply checking in with local artists to see how they were faring after our first lockdown. No one saw this coming, at least nothing that was shared with the general public. Then the proverbial shit hit the fan, and the entire world was in chaos. Everything shut down, literally. Fear was the new four-letter word as deaths kept mounting daily. Nobody knew from one minute to the next what to expect as our worlds turned upside down. We were learning something new about the virus daily as scientists immediately started working on a vaccine of some type that would halt the virus's movement, or at least make it less deadly. People became hopeful, and we all learned to wash our hands, just like Mom used to tell us. Fast forward 18 months, and we are now in our fourth wave as the virus continues to mutate. We've gone from support for frontline workers to abuse, shouting, spitting, striking, and even killing those who have no control over federal, state, provincial, or store policies. I find this repulsive and deeply saddening. We've gone from hopeful and even excited for a vaccine to get us back to the lives we knew to what has now all too frequently turned into violent anti-mask and anti-vax protests, even against those who fight to keep us alive. Blocking and protesting medical institutions we desperately turn to for medical emergencies, including COVID, it both angers and befuddles me. Not one iota of this makes any sense. And unfortunately, all media, social or otherwise, adds fuel to the raging fires that now seem to be burning out of control. So here we are, podcast and all, nine months into 2021. And yes, I'm celebrating. I celebrate my family as well as all my friends and acquaintances. In short, I celebrate life and I celebrate this 30th podcast. I also take great joy that this old girl can still learn a few new tricks and actually edit, mix, and publish this thing we call a podcast with a little help from my friends. The pandemic interviews were birthed out of a desire to connect with musicians I had come to know through my writings and photography. I wanted to reach out to check in to see how they were coping, keeping themselves relevant, how isolation had changed or was changing their lives, now and for the future. What do you do when the rug is swept out from under you at a moment's notice? I have spoken with artists throughout southwestern Ontario, as well as Austin, Texas, Beijing, Nashville, and the UK. It's been both cathartic and therapeutic for many of the artists and for me. It's been pure pleasure to sit down and get to know many of them on a more intimate and personal level, without shouting above the din and confusion of a club, without fans and handlers around, 
without the exhaustion of just getting off stage and without their focus veering off in 10 different directions. I have done 60 interviews to date and almost 50% have been published. Beginning with guitarist, vocalist Mike Celia, who was gracious enough to be my first conversation, to my most recent chat with Ember Swift in late July 2021. The journey has been fascinating, exciting, joyful, sometimes tearful, and a massive learning experience. I cannot thank all of you enough for agreeing to be part of my podcasting journey and my life. Some of the interviews were done in the early stages of Zoom. The world was jumping on the Zoom bandwagon and bugs were still being ironed out. Unfortunately, there is way too much interference to use a number of them, but I am hoping they all agree to a re-interview. I slowly graduated from recording straight to my mobile phone to recording in a professional studio, complete with a sound engineer. The in-between was a small lapel mic I purchased to plug into my phone. My short list of conversation starters has grown from 8 to 28 questions. It's changing and evolving with the times, and not every question is applicable to all the artists. I've loved the stories, savored the education, and valued the intense honesty while appreciating the candid opinions on everything from the Toronto Musicians Union to the current state and future of the music business. As I type this up, I still find it hard to believe where I am and what I'm doing today. Although a part of the music business in the 70s, I segued out in the early 80s. Since the death of my husband, Chris, eight years ago, my life has radically changed. A 360 degree change. I picked up a camera and learned about capturing the music through my lens. My good friend, Bob Segarini, offered me the Wednesday slot in his blog, Don't Believe a Word I Say, after reading a few of my pieces. And so it began. New connections and reconnections, it's all been quite a whirlwind and a blast. It also helped fill the void and ease me through the loss of my life partner of 34 years. I've been writing and shooting professionally now for over six years, and yes, I have indeed found my happy place. The two pieces of music I have chosen are from my all-time favorite album and my all-time favorite band. The first is from a band initially formed in the late 60s. Their most commercial single, I Got a Line on You, Babe, was released in 1968. Spirit was comprised of John Locke on keys, Ed Cassidy on drums, Randy California on lead vocals, Mark Andes on bass, and Jay Ferguson on vocals and percussion. It was their 1970 album, 12 Dreams of Dr. Sardonicus, that I fell in love with and is still my favorite album to date. Me, oh. 
Welcome back to the Pandemic Interviews, Conversations in a Changing Time. So, on that note, how did I get here in the first place? Well, I moved to Toronto in 1979 and promptly formed my own little promotions company, writing bios and press releases. I also worked at a management agency, a booking agency, a t-shirt store, and a record store. I met my late husband, Chris Blythe, on the patio at the Gasworks. For those of you unfamiliar with the Gasworks, look it up, because that's a whole other story with a huge history of its own. Chris lived in Toronto's West End, above Cottingham Sound, an eight-track recording studio. He had his photography studio, darkroom, and living quarters on the second floor. All focused on musicians, Chris photographed live performances in venues, much like I started doing 35 years later. All the venues that Chris photographed no longer exist, including the Gasworks. Remember the Piccadilly Tube, the Nobby, the Nickelodeon, Nags Head North, the Rock Pile, or the Masonic Temple. The list goes on. Chris remained in photography and writing while I ended up in the telecommunications world for 40 years and still counting. Chris and I had 34 wonderful years and one son together. A funny anecdote, the day I met Chris, it was his 25th birthday, and he was on his way to Maple Leaf Gardens to photograph Hellfield and the cars. Fast forward 42 years, almost to the date of that first meeting, and I'm interviewing drummer Mitchell Field, who started the band Hellfield, for this podcast. Synchronicity or what? I wrote the following for a Facebook post in Canadian Records and Artists Appreciation Society a few days ago. It was in response to a comment someone made to one of the admins regarding my podcast promotions. I didn't seem to be liking or commenting in return for posting the link to my podcast. For several years now, I have been a huge supporter of Canadian artists, particularly Canadian indie artists, whether they are residing here in Canada or abroad. My weekly music column and my podcast focuses on these people, many of them unknown and therefore unheard. New talent is the creative keys to our musical future. Innovative ideas and their slow maturity are what brings music forward and enhances not only our lives, but for our progeny and their progeny and so on. We tend to focus so much on the past, we forget the artists of today who are busy crafting and producing the music of tomorrow. I love, admire, and respect the artists of the past. We've been building on that history for 50-plus years, but we can't keep going back. I know it's what we know and what we're comfortable with. We do, however, need to give new artists a chance. It's their turn now. I don't do what I do for a profit. I'm not selling anything. I do it for the love of the artists and their music, past and present. It is my passion and feeds my creative soul. Support for your local indie artist is paramount. It's how everyone who's famous today began. In my podcasts and my columns, you'll learn about new artists while listening to their music. The more mature artists have some fantastic stories to tell, and they too have new music to share. The column branches out to include artists from all over the world. The podcast is strictly CanCon. Have a read or a listen. There are 29 episodes of Canadian artists to listen to or six plus years of columns to catch up on. You be the judge. There are so many songs I love by Canadian artists, but I have no intention of pulling any favorites here, just in case I get the chance to interview them down the road. 
I'll stick with being a wee bit vague on that one. This next song is not frequently played or particularly well known, but the harmonies, the complexity, and simplicity all in a single song. One of my favorites by Queen, You Take My Breath Away.
Again, welcome back to the Pandemic Interviews. All the Facebook and Instagram likes are wonderful, and I'm so appreciative that people are noticing the photos I post with each podcast link. What I would really love to see is people actually downloading and hearing what these artists have to say, and just as important, listening to their music. It may not all be your cup of tea, but add a little milk and sugar, stir, and listen again or share with someone who might enjoy. We have such an incredible pool of talent right here in Ontario, never mind the rest of Canada. We need to recognize their value and support them. I promised I wouldn't distract you from your day for too long, but I do need to state my thank yous. So here goes. Many heartfelt thanks to everyone who helped me in the beginning, particularly Tracy Brett, Frank Zeroni, and Paul DeLong. I had no clue with what I was doing or getting myself into, particularly in the realm of voice editing and dealing with multiple tracks. I am eternally grateful for your time and patience. I finally learned what a mix down is. The paring down of interviews as well as getting rid of any pops, clicks, whirs and beeps and possibly a few background noises like honking, barking, the odd chainsaw or leaf blower all done with trial and loads of error. All my 2021 interviews have been recorded at Soundhouse Studio in Toronto, Canada. Owned by producer-engineer John Jameson, John is also my co-editor and mixer for all the interviews we record at Soundhouse. You have no idea how exciting this is. To steal a friend's term, it feels and sounds more profesh. Or at least John makes me sound like I know what the hell I'm doing. I will be continuing to record at Soundhouse for as long as John will allow. To Eddie and Quincy Bullen and Paul DeLong, I don't have enough words to express how I feel. So all I can say is thank you from the bottom of my heart for writing and performing the fantastic theme music for the show. This was such an incredibly wonderful gift. And to all of you who have tuned in to listen, thank you for taking the time and inviting me into your cars, offices, and homes. You all take my breath away. I am Pat Blythe, and you're listening to Love the Music. Have a great day and a wonderful evening. (laughs) 